Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's uh, great to be with you, if not in person, but at least uh, through uh, this medium. Uh, for the next three weeks in chapel, I'd like to focus on one small section of scripture, uh, the second half of Galatians 5. And uh, this morning, we're just going to look at uh, verses 13 uh, to 15. So why don't we uh, read that uh, together? Galatians 5, uh, verses 13 to 15. Uh, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Uh, you'll remember that Galatians is one of Paul's most polemic letters, that the very truth of the gospel is at stake. Uh, the Galatians were being tempted to turn to a, a kind of Christ plus law gospel, understanding that obedience to the Mosaic law was essential to the Christian life uh, in a way that downplayed uh, the death of Christ and the work of the Spirit uh, in them. But in the second half of the letter, it's as if Paul has, has widened the aperture. He's not simply concerned with them embracing the law in the wrong way. Uh, he sees that as a symptom of a wider issue. Uh, that is a Christianity that is oriented to the world, uh, to the flesh rather than to the spirit. And this flesh oriented Christianity has devastating effects on how Christians live. And so it's interesting in Paul's most doctrinally strident letter, he gives some of his most practical teaching because this letter is not just about doctrinal purity. Uh, this letter is about Christian formation. I think Paul uh, gives uh, the reason why he's writing uh, in chapter four, verse nine, you might want to glance back, chapter four, four verse nine, uh, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's his goal. Christ is formed in you. Uh, we often talk about spiritual formation, or we might use the language of, uh, you know, Colossians, you know, growing people to maturity in Christ. But this is quite an interesting uh, expression that Paul gives us, Christ being formed in them. And for that to happen, they need to have right doctrine. That's absolutely crucial. But more than that, uh, their character, their behavior needs to flow from their right grasp of the gospel. Uh, he wants the spirit to work in their hearts to produce his fruit, that the character of Christ would be formed in them. And that shows us that we can't kind of split doctrine and the Christian life. It's not enough to be doctrinally straight down the line and yet to be unloving or jealous or angry or harsh. Both are critical for the health of the church. Both are critical for Christ to be formed in us. And the aspect of the Christian life uh, that our verses this morning focus on are freedom. Uh, verse 13, uh, chapter five, verse 13, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Now, if there was ever a, a topic that defined our age, it is freedom. Uh, in fact, you could say that freedom uh, is what it means to be Western. Uh, those of us who've grown up in the West, it's innate in us. So I, I could fire up the French who are watching. I don't know if any French are, are watching, but you know, the cry of the revolution, liberté, égalité, fraternité. 
I, I could fire up the Americans who are watching both of them with the cry of Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. I, I can fire up the Scots and the Irish with the cry of that Celtic philosopher, Mel Gibson. Uh, they can take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. Uh, freedom is the basic ethic of the Western world, but we all know that uh, the Greeks invented everything and really the Greeks invented the Western idea of freedom. So here's the first century Greek philosopher Epictetus uh, who defined freedom as very simply the right to live as we wish. The right to live as we wish. And, and yet here we all, here we all are, uh, all sitting in our own locations away from each other. Uh, none of us. Uh, maybe the introverts accepted, is living how we would wish. Uh, and if there's ever a time when freedom seemed to be compromised, it's not. So if there's ever a time to think clearly about what the Bible says about freedom, it's not. Uh, freedom is actually a theme that runs throughout the letter of Galatians. Perhaps the most sustained reflection actually comes at the end of chapter four. And uh, here Paul sort of gives two family trees. Uh, he gives the sort of family tree of the, the Christian as uh, children of Sarah and uh, the, you know, the rest of the world as children of uh, Hagar. Uh, we are children of the free woman, not of Hagar, the slave woman. Uh, we are the children of promise. Our city is Jerusalem above. We are born of the promise. We are born of the spirit. Uh, to be a Christian is to be free. It's in our DNA. It is fundamental to our very identity. And Paul says uh, three things about freedom in our passage. Uh, the first thing he says is that misdirected freedom is possible. Verse 13, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Uh, Paul spent most of the letters we've said talking about the danger of the Galatians becoming enslaved to the law. Uh, for these Gentile Christians to allow themselves to be circumcised would be to put themselves under the law. It would be to sideline the work of Christ and submit to a yoke of slavery. So he's already called them in chapter uh, chapter five, verse three. Uh, he's called them to freedom. Here, though, he's not talking about the danger of the law, but the danger of the flesh. But again, it's not as if these are sort of two separate uh, dangers. Uh, some people want to say that there were two rival groups in, in Galatia, one tending to legalism, one tending to you know, what we might call license. But actually, the, the flesh and the, the wrong use of the law really are two sides of the same coin. And so in the second half of the letter, what Paul is doing is widening the lens, as we said. The issue with the law is really an issue with the flesh of a worldly approach to life. And so just as the flesh might compel some people to adopt a legalistic lifestyle, Equally, the flesh might compel others to adopt a lifestyle of sin and selfishness. The problem of the false teachers in Galatia was at its root an orientation to the flesh, an earthly mindedness, a wisdom from below, as James puts it. And it's even possible to take something as good as God's law and use it in the wrong way and turn it uh, into an object of the flesh. And so in this verse, it's the same basic problem. Uh, that runs throughout the letter, fleshly orientation, even though the outcome might look a little different. Uh, in the verses after our passage, uh, he lists the works of the flesh, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, and the like. Uh, you are free, but don't let your freedom be co-opted by the flesh 
to produce these things. Someone who uses their freedom to indulge the flesh is not free. Uh, they're actually, Jesus taught and Paul elsewhere, a, a slave to sin, a slave to sin. Well, the second thing he says about freedom is that true freedom expresses itself in love. See, the, the antidote to uh, uh, this abuse of freedom is not simply to be on your guard. Paul doesn't say, you know, watch out, just, just be careful. No, the answer is actually found in the uh, striking way that Paul finishes verse 13. Don't allow your freedom to be co-opted by the flesh, but, and if you're following along in the Greek, you'll see the original is stronger than many of the translations. Be enslaved to one another through love. The way to use your freedom is to be a slave. Uh, the Galatians uh, are to think of themselves as family. He's made that clear throughout the letter. He's used the language of brother and sister. But the image here is of a much tighter connection. Christians actually enslaved to one another through love. It, it's confronting. It's, it almost seems inappropriate. Uh, but love, this deep binding love, is the context in which we're to live the Christian life. Uh, we'll see this when we examine, um, Lord willing, the, the individual aspects of the fruit of the Spirit in a couple of weeks' time, that love stands somewhat apart. It's not merely one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, it's foundational. In a sense, the other aspects of the fruit of the Spirit amplify and describe what love means. And the place of love in the New Testament, is, it's hard to overstate. It's, it's so foundational to what it means to be a believer. Yes, we uh, enter the Christian life through faith in Christ, but the thing above all else that marks us out, that identifies us as Christians, is love. And there are a number of strong commands in the New Testament uh, for us to love. You know, Jesus in John 13, as I have loved you, you are to love others. Our love is to be shaped on the, the Lord Jesus. Uh, 1 Peter 1, we're to love one another deeply from the heart. These are strong words, but perhaps this uh, word in Galatians, it's the strongest. That we're to relate to one another in love as slaves. We're to be bonded to one another. Our freedom is not independence. We, we are created our freedom finds its expression in deep relationship with one another. So true freedom doesn't lead to indulging the flesh, living how we might wish, but to submitting to one another in love, to being bound to one another in love. Well, the third thing he tells us about freedom is that loving freedom, this loving freedom fulfills the law. Now, because love is not just the, uh, the uh, tie that binds believers together. It is, verse 14, the way in which the law is fulfilled. Verse 14, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, this is a remarkable statement because Paul spent the, the whole of the letter, it seems, trying to distance the Galatians from the law. He said things like, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. He said, the law is not of faith. He's consistently opposed the law as a framework or authority for the Christian life. But here he appeals to it, Leviticus 19.18, to establish the rightness of love. It's interesting that a few verses earlier, he said that anyone who accepts circumcision is obligated to keep the whole law. Whereas here it is love that fulfills the whole law. And I think the key uh, difference is that the verbs that are used. As Christians, we're not, uh, we, we don't obey or keep the law, we fulfill the law. Uh, we do what the law pointed to. So think of uh, Jesus in Matthew's gospel. 
Uh, Jesus is very clear in Matthew 5.17 that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so in fulfilling the law, we're really following in Jesus' footsteps. And again, that ties to the central concern of the letter. Paul's concern that uh, the Galatians be formed into the likeness of, of Jesus, or, or um, uh, more uh, accurately, that Christ be formed in them. And he's already shown us uh, the pattern of Christ's life. Uh, chapter 220, famous verses, uh, famous verse, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To have Christ formed in us is to be like Christ. And to be like Christ is to be like the one who loved us and laid down his life for us. Well, the alternative is to allow the flesh to co-opt our freedom, and it's described in verse 15. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. It's striking again that in this letter that is uh, so concerned with the external threat of false teachers, that there is this internal threat of them consuming each other. Uh, so the emphasis in this paragraph, when we think about love, it's in a sense, it's the negative uh, emphasis. It's, it's don't be selfish. Don't kind of hate one another in your actions. Don't destroy one another. If we don't use our freedom properly, if we don't bind ourselves, enslave ourselves to one another in love, well, then we will destroy each other. And so in uh, the letter to uh, the Galatians, we, we see that destruction can come from doctrinal deviation. Paul is so strong. If anyone preaches uh, a gospel other than the one that I preached, let them be cursed. Let them be damned. And yet destruction can also come as we turn on one another. It, it's striking that destruction can come as Christians turn on one another. The destructive power of this kind of orientation to the flesh as we relate to one another. And perhaps in our current climate where we're all under pressure, this is the word that we need to hear, uh, that for Christ to be formed in us, that's gonna look like uh, love, challenging love, love like the Lord Jesus uh, that lays down, laid down his life uh, for us. Give me liberty or death. Yes, and I would rather die than not love my brother or sister in Christ. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Paul's powerful word. Uh, we pray that in our lives by your spirit, you would work uh, this love in us that we might relate to one another, uh, bonded, even enslaved uh, to one another in love, that we would not destroy one another with our words and our actions, but that we would reflect uh, the character of Christ to his glory. And we uh, pray it in Jesus name. Amen.